Okay, everybody, put down the champagne glass. This is what you've been waiting all year for. This, my friends, is the New Year's edition of the Pre-Accident Podcast. You found it. Now sit back and relax, because the rest is going to be a journey. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. This is the New Year's edition for 2018, or is it 19? Should I count it for last year or this year? Let's go with this year. So let's go with the next year. Let's go. Let's look forward instead of looking backwards. Like the word accountability, forward instead of backwards. This is the New Year's edition for 2019. But let's recap what we've done this year. This year's been crazy fun. I don't know if you know. I mean, did, how much do you know about this? So let's see. We've done 104 podcasts this year, uh, which means we've done about 50, like 47 interviews. Um, so that's about 50 hours of interviewing people, talking to people just about safety differently and human performance and new view of safety and reliability and security and safety and all that other stuff. We computers. We talked about everything this year. We've done about 27 hours. Is that right? No, 20. Yeah, no, that's right. 27. No, that can't be right. We've done a, it's, um, a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. We've done a, about uh, two hours and three hours and 10 minutes, 270. I can't even do it. It's 270 minutes. I'm such a moron uh, of, of safety moments of, of little, you know what they are. You listen to this stuff, the little snippets of safety that we talk about. So that is about, I don't know, like 56 hours or something. If you've listened to them all, um, first of all, good get a hobby for goodness sakes. But if you've joined me on all of them or most of them, well, it's, I'm I'm super glad to have you on board. I mean, it's been really, really uh, a fun year. I thought if I had to recap this year, I think I would start out by saying this was a really interesting year for me because it was it was a year where I got to see a lot of things blossom and grow. And, uh, and most of those are you guys out in the field because I'm starting to see programs now that have a level of maturity and a little level of operational stability where the program's just humming along. It's doing exactly what it should be doing, and it's doing it well. What I'm really seeing is organizations that are getting better and better at better at learning. And this idea of becoming a learning organization, which I know sounds really gimmicky, I mean, it sounds like something you'd pay somebody to think about. Well, quite honestly, that the the better you get at learning from yourselves, the better the operational excellence that you have in what you do. And it's really it really comes down to this this point that we've made this kind of false choice, uh, or we've made a we've made a false choice. I don't know if we've made the false choice, but we've made uh, we've made a false set of options for people to think about, and that is that they can either be productive or reliable. And what we know is that that choice is, is, is just, it's that, it's, that's a false choice. Um, you can be productive and reliable. 
It's not one because of the other. They're not on a scale. They're coupled. And that what we're learning is the more reliable we become, the better we get at, at, at learning and understanding, then in fact what happens is the more productive we become. And that's what we're starting to see. And you can just see it everywhere. There's, there's all these little rock stars out there that are just doing amazing, amazing, amazing work. And it's fun to watch in big companies and in small. Okay, so now let's get to the year. I already kind of recapped. I was trying to think what the highlight podcasts were. You know, they're all pretty – I guess they're all pretty good. I mean – it's it was fun. Some they all. I don't know. It's I can't pick a favorite. I liked them all. I always like the ones that are funny. You know, fun to do, but they're all kind of fun to do. So I mean, there wasn't one that like like I didn't do one on a roller. Co- oh, what a great idea! Oh, a podcast done on a roller. Co- that that my friends is a keeper. No, they're all pretty fun. I mean, I, maybe a better question is: is what podcasts? What podcast episode did you like? Because that would be kind of a that would be an interesting question for me. What your favorite one was? Because there there clearly are some favorites out there that get a lot more hits than other podcasts get, and then that's fine. I mean, that's part of it as well. I'm now thinking about really the year to come is is where my brain is and my plan on uh, what we're going to do together next year. So I think we're going to continue to do the podcast. I don't have any, um, uh, I don't have any indicator that I'm going to stop. Like I haven't, I haven't grown tired. It has not become tedious yet. And as soon as it does, I'm out of here, but I'll give it to somebody else to take over. That's, that's, that's my promise. But right now it's still not tedious and I still got tons of stuff to say. And there's a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of people that want to be on the podcast. So it, it hasn't been a problem getting people on the podcast. I think I told you this before, but we've gotten to a size now where enough people listen, where it's it's somewhat attractive to be on the podcast. So that's kind of changed the calculation. Instead of having to like beg people or trick them to be interviewed, now um, now people call me and like book publishers call me and, and they want to get somebody on because they wrote a book. And so I'm a little selective on that. I'm not very – I'm never very interested in selling stuff to you on the podcast, but I'm, if you know me at all, I'm not terribly interested in selling stuff anyway. I'm not very good at that, but that's a part of it. So let's talk about the year ahead, but to talk about the year ahead, I really have to talk about something that just happened to me. So I was with the guys from Qantas Services. Oh, I don't know if I probably shouldn't have said their name. Let's call their company Qantas Services, but let's assume it's a made up company. It doesn't necessarily have to be real. And you guys, I stepped into another level of food that I have never stepped into before. I don't even know how to describe this other than to tell you uh, that the name of the dish I had was chicken fried lobster. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's what you think it is. It's it's like it's like they take lobster tails and flatten them out, and then batter them in buttermilk and. Cracker stuff, bread, whatever, panko. I don't even think it was panko breadcrumbs. They just made them like chicken fried steaks. It was luxurious. It was amazing. I cannot tell you and the guys from Qantas how much 
that meant to me because it really took food to an entirely different level. If you get a chance and you see that on a menu, it wasn't even, it was like not even, in fact, it was like not even the most expensive thing on the menu. There was way more stuff on there that was way more expensive than this. But I saw it and I thought, you know, I really like chicken fried steak because chicken fried steak is amazing. Uh, and I really, really think chicken fried lobster sounds decadent and I've never had it before. And so I went for it. And all I can tell you is it, it, yeah, I just, the words kind of escape me. It's, it's food beyond words. And that's all it's, it's it was amazing. It was life changing. It was monumental. That my friends is where this podcast begins at chicken fried lobster. I want to have more in 2019. I want to have more chicken fried lobster. I don't know where, I don't know when, I don't even know how it's going to happen. But I'm going to get to a place where that's possible. That's one thing I want to do in 2019. The other thing I really want to do in 2019, and my bet is, is both of these people I'm going to talk about are listening to this. So this may actually be the start of that. I really want Charles Major to meet Charles Minor. I know both of them very well. They're both amazing human beings. They're both incredibly effective at what they do. I just can't believe that the world has spun independently of them not meeting each other. I, I mean, you can talk about DNA testing. You can talk about 23andMe. You can talk about all these DNA tests. But you guys, don't you think the world would be a better place if Charles Major met Charles Minor? I, and I'm worried a little bit about it because what if it sets up some kind of vortex and creates a black hole of opposite names and actually sucks the earth into that black hole and destroys us all. I'm willing to bet it won't happen. So I'm definitely willing to gamble this. But if I do nothing else in 2019, I am going to put together Charles Major and Charles Minor. That's not all. I know you'd think that would be enough, right? I mean, you'd think that like, wow, Todd, if you do that, isn't your life complete? I mean, what more could you want? I mean, that, that's it. That's the, that's the top of the mountain. Now everything else is downhill. I've also got another plan. I really want to get together Jim Kent, Steve Scott, and Tim George. Because I really want to be able to say Jim Kent, Steve Scott, Tim George. Because those are three people that have first names as last names and first names as first names. So they're pretty much all first names. And I think it would be really interesting just to be able to say Jim Kent, Steve Scott, Tim George. And then you could actually say their names with a comma, George Tim, Kent Jim, Scott Steve, and you probably wouldn't even be able to tell the difference. But that also is on my list, although it's not as high as Charles Major, Charles Minor, but I'd like to see it happen. That That's also – that's just a little fantasy that I've had all the way through – um, 2018 that I want to make happen in 2019. Okay. Next big turnover for me. And I hope you're listening these out. I mean, you, I didn't tell you to get a sheet of paper, but it might be a good idea to pause right now and get a sheet of paper and sort of back, go backwards, rewind and play those so you can list them. The next thing I want to do really is emphasize this idea of getting caught doing it right. 
Now, I, I've used it in the podcast a little bit. I'll, I'll use it a little bit more. In fact, I think I'm going to make a safety moment out of it. But I like the idea of using as your ethical compass the notion of doing it right in the hopes that someone will come along and catch you doing it. Not that that'll happen. In fact, I'm not even sure it's important that someone comes along and catches you doing it. But I like the idea of doing it right for the sake of doing it right so that when you get caught, and you will eventually get caught, we know that, you get caught doing it right. That, I think, is a really important theme. And yet, it's not the theme for next year. This whole podcast is about the theme for next year. I, I set a theme. You've been with me. There was the year I bought lunch for somebody every day. That was an amazing year. There was the year I said yes. Remember that year? Do you, were, you, were you in the podcast? Were, were you around back then? I, I spent one whole year and I thought every time somebody gives me an option, I'm going to choose yes. If it's safe, sane, and legal. And really, I de-emphasize sane a little bit, but safe and legal, right? That was an incredible year. Then I had the year of getting rid of stuff, the year that I cut things out of my life, which I must tell you, that experiment, the lunch buying year was great because that's something you can do. The year of saying yes was great. Again, I think probably because that was something you can do. And it's funny. You ought to try that year of saying yes thing because it really does open up your horizons. The year I, I tried to get rid of something every day, even though that sounds like something you could do, that was not as successful for me. That was hard. That was really – in fact, I, I would say I didn't do a really good job on that. And had I had the chance to do it again, I think I would have, I think I would have probably phrased it differently. Instead of getting rid of something every day, I think it would be the year I would really focus on cognitive loading, which is um, – well, that sounds fancy pants and a little snooty. But cognitive loading is the idea that you should um, you should you should take away things that cause you to spend a lot of time thinking about them, and replace them with things that don't cause you to spend as much time thinking and allow you more time for doing. So a great example is um, you know that Shane and Peggy and I uh, went to to Thailand to, to Bangkok to Thailand because I did a podcast on it and we talked about it. One of the things I did was I hired a local guide to take us around. And I hired a, a local guide who specialized in using public transit because you really want to do that because you want to experience the culture, who was an expert in things to do for tourists and also was an expert in local food. And I paid her, a, you know, whatever she, a little a bit of money, whatever she charged. And it was beautiful, even though I've been to Bangkok a million times and and could get around fine and have many, many times gotten around fine by myself. Hiring that person really took away cognitive loading because then we had an expert who knew where to eat, knew what train to get on, knew, knew which uh, door to go into. She understood the system really well. And that idea, that the year of using cognitive loading – that would be a good year. That's a good replacement for the year of getting rid of everything. But that's not 2019. 2019, are you ready for it? Here it comes. 2019 is going to be characterized by this. So to get into it, I, I probably have to tell you a little story. But I've started to be really 
so, so when I go to some place where there are people, I, I try to think about the context that the people bring with them into wherever we are. So if I go to an airport, that's a great example, right? There's a lot of people in the airport. And they're not just people that are placed there to be in my way, to stop in front of me or slow down or stop at the top of an escalator. They're actually people that bring with them their own story, their own context. And I've been experimenting with this idea, and maybe you do this already and it's new for me, but I've tried to actually look at people and think, I don't want to see just the person. I want to see the person and the context that the person represents. And I noticed something about doing that. And it was really interesting. And that is it made me feel different about myself. It made me be more caring and more conscious. And and I hate to say this because it sounds fluffy again, but kind of more mindful. And and I'm talking about the, the Ellen Langer version of mindful. I was more aware. I was more alert. Uh, my encounters were different with people. And, and, and I started thinking, well, what is it about that? And I think what it is, is when you look at somebody and see them just as a, as a person in front of you, just one dimensional, just right there in front of you, I, I think your response is, I am complex and carry much context you are simply a person. But when you look at a person and you really try to see the story they represent, people who love them, the, the, the things they've been through, the place they came, where they're going, it's funny. It, it, it makes them have an entirely different dimension. And it causes you to feel differently about being with them. And you don't have to talk. I mean, I, I don't talk. I mean, I, I don't know the story. I, I, I don't ask them, hey, what's your context? What pain have you felt? I don't ask that. I just think when I look at a person, I think I'm going to try to see the very rich context that that person brings into this encounter. The, the, the shared meaning that they represent and the shared meaning that I represent, I'm going to look for these encounters and I'm going to create a mindfulness around these encounters. And I'm really going to see the context in people, the good in people, the complexities in people, the, the, the warts and all. I'm going to really look at that and try to make a difference. And that's what I'm going to do in 2019. And it's going to be hard because I'm going to have to remind myself a lot to do that to not look at the person at the oil change place who has attitude and really doesn't want you to be there as a barrier to getting more oil change, but really as a context-rich person who has a story to tell. I'm going to try to seek the context in people as much as I can, and I'm going to really try to see the good in people everywhere I go. And I'm going to do it entirely for a selfish reason. I'm going to do it because it makes me feel different about me. That's 2019. That's, that's it. That is my goal. I'm going to seek the good in other people.
and I'm going to give you reports on it all year long, just like I try to do, unless they go bad, like the year I tried to get rid of something every day, kind of let that one drag a little, right? I'm going to tell you how this feels, but I'd kind of like to invite you to do it with me. So, so when you're, when you're standing in line, the people in front of you have a whole story. You don't have to know it, but I want you to think about the fact that what they represent is much more than just a person in line in front of you. They represent a whole universe of meaning for them. And in doing so, I think we're both going to get to practice this notion of mindfulness, which is a really important part of understanding how we respond. We know that you never want to meet pain with pain. We know that. We talk about it all the time. We know about restoring organizations' ability to do high-risk work. We know what it feels like to be a part of a failure, and we know what it feels like to be a part of success. Well, now let's dive even a little deeper. Just for one year, that's all you have to do with me. Just one year, just 2019. Let's dive a little deeper, and let's really seek the context. Let's seek what's good about the people, what's, what's rich and important and significant about the people that we encounter. And that, my friend, is the podcast for the end of 2018, or better yet, the start of 2019. That is, my friends, the New Year's podcast. That's what it's about. That's us. Thanks so much for being a part of this. I can't even tell you how fun this is, and I hope it's fun for you as well. What I hope is, is that we continue to grow and blossom and get better together. Tell your friends because more is better. Subscribe. Keep listening. This year you'll want to – there's a lot of really – the first year, there's a lot of really interesting stuff coming up. So you'll like that a lot, I know. But until then, my friends, have an incredible new year. Have an incredible 2019. Change the world and change it one organization one business unit, one team, one crew, one plant, one facility at a time. Do your best. Do good work. Get caught doing it right and seek the good in people. That's it, baby. That's the podcast. I'm Todd Conklin, and I'm so proud to be with you. Keep listening. Until then, learn something new every single day. A little debatable today, I know. Have as much fun as you possibly can. And for goodness sakes, be safe. <laughs>